Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Hey, listen, so we are in part two of a series, and so get your live notes out, get your Bible out, and let's take a look at Psalms. Psalms is our starting point. It's our foundational scripture, and we started a relational series last week, and really I felt like God had dropped it in my heart that we needed to start next week with working on a clean heart. I mean, really, relationships will, who is it? Relationships will make you or break you, right? That's what it says, but relationships are probably the, the source of some of our, our greatest celebrations and joys, and also perhaps some of the source of some of our greatest hurts and challenges, and and our, our emotions and our natural feelings and our natural being, we find ourselves a lot of times just walking through just challenging circumstances and we all in our humanity have a chance to be hurt and offended and the Bible is, has so much to say about making sure that you get that out of your heart because it's just a hindrance to your life. So I felt we really needed to start there last week. And so we did, and we're moving forward today. And the next two weeks today and the next week, I want to dive into a little bit on marriages. Now, having said that, I, I know that's a, it's a touchy subject sometimes because I know there's people in here that aren't married but want to be married. I know people have gone through bad marriages and broken marriages. I, I get all that. And, but I want to say today, just open your heart up. For some, you'll be building a foundation for your future. And some, you'll be working on repairing that foundation. And some, you'll just continue to build upon what God has already done in your heart and your life life and your relationship. So there really is something for everybody. And the principles today are applicable, not just to a marriage environment or situation, but they're just relationship principles that will be beneficial to you just in life. The word is beneficial to you in life. Amen. And applicable to every area of your life. Let me read the uh, found, foundational scripture for the series. Here we go. Psalms 11, three through four. When the foundations are being destroyed, can I tell you the foundation of marriage in our country is under attack like never before? The enemy's trying to destroy it because if he can destroy our marriages, he can destroy our homes. If he can destroy our homes, he can destroy our communities. If he can destroy our communities, he can destroy the country. There goes the country. So we know probably a lot of the things and, well, honestly, the things that we're facing and walking through in our world today is because the home, the marriage, the family has been under such attack. And so we have to make sure that we're working on our foundation and the things of God and lining up our foundations with the things of God and not getting caught into this world's system because God wrote it the right way the first time, amen? amen. And his ways work. So the foundation, uh, foundations are being destroyed. What can the righteous do? What can we do then? We're under attack, our marriages, our families, what can we do? And last week we talked about, I love it, it just says the Lord. I love that. The Lord is still on the throne. He's still at the right hand of the Father, right? God is still in heaven. I, you know, as a, people walking around and experiencing something, have you ever had that one person that's like, you want to just tell something to, and they're like, well, God's still on the throne. I don't need to hear that right now. What are we going to do about this? Right? I don't know. That's me sometimes. And I don't, you know, but it's truth. God is still on the throne, and he is still God. No matter what you're facing in life today, and in particular in the area of your marriage and relationships, God's still on the throne. Uh, today, I want to start with Genesis. Let's take a look in Genesis 2. Uh, most of us are probably familiar with the creation story, and, and God had created all these things, and at one point, he sat Adam down as he named all these animals and brought animal after animal past him and he named him. And then God said, it's not good for man to be alone because God of all people knows that man by himself can get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Needs a little supervision apparently. And so, and so all these animals are coming by and there's not a suitable helper for uh, Adam. And let's pick up verse 20, uh, Genesis 2:20. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. 
And so the Lord God caused a man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. And the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she has taken out a man. Verse 24, and that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united, hold on to that word, to his wife, and they become one flesh. And that is why men love ribs. And uh, let me... Beating a lot of ribs today, won't we, guys? And uh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. All right, here we go. <laughs> United. United. Two weeks ago, uh, my wife and I were at a conference in Corpus. And uh, we uh, were part of an organization called Significant Church Network. And while we were there, we were staying at a hotel. And right across from us was the water. And right on the water was a restaurant called Landry's. I don't know if you been there and right there in Corpus. Uh, my wife and I in April will be married 25 years. And it seems like just yesterday, honey, we got married. Just, just flown by. <laughs> just flown by. And uh, we, I took her down to Port Aransas the day I asked her to marry me and went out to the beach and had a nice time, and, which is a hard thing for me. I'm not very romantic or creative, but we managed to get engaged. She managed to surprisingly say yes, praise the Lord. And uh, so later that night, uh, we took her to, I took her to Landry's and we went and had a nice uh, post-engagement romantic dinner, the two of us. What was different this time as I saw the restaurant there, I thought, you know what? We need to go there again. It's, we're right there and how great would it be and romantic for us to go to Landry's. The, the thing I didn't think all the way through is it was the weekend we had Pastor Dan Wormuth here and I invited him to the conference and so we had a romantic dinner, just me, I and Pastor Dan. And that was a, <laughs> but we did have our own rooms at the hotel so we didn't have to share that time with him. But so... But it made me think, it made me think about, <laughs> it made me think about all the things when we were uh, dating and getting engaged and first married and the excitement, right? She and her family lived in San Antonio and I would drive quite a bit to San Antonio and I'd drive home late and we'd do all kinds of spontaneous things and spend money we didn't need to spend and enjoy things we, you know, crazy stuff or whatever stuff. And then, and then we'd spend a lot of time, right, on the phone like late at night. Now it's 25 years ago, right? So we'd be on the landline who knows what a landline is? All right. All you young people, Google it. <laughs> landline, not landmine, landline. And uh, so, you know, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, I'll see you tomorrow. You hang up, right? Right? So 25 years ago. I'm already being embarrassed. I might as well go all the way in, right? So. And then, you know, at some point in time, someone falls asleep and all you hear is breathing, right? It's like, but not that heavy, sinful breathing, godly, righteous breathing. And... <laughs> I just, I just want you to know we're doing marriage next week. We have a great children's ministry and youth ministry as well. So, so, so there's all, you know, all these things and emotions and excitement and things that we did along the way. And then one morning you wake up and it's not quite that way anymore. Some, something's changed, something happened. And I think it happens to all of us. And there's a number of reasons why. And you wonder, where did the romance go? Where's the passion? Where's all the things, the intimacy and what happened along the way. And the truth is somewhere along the way that you stop pursuing one another for a number of reasons. And there was a time you pursued and made effort and you were intentional. And somewhere along the way you got, and let me say it this way, you got relationally lazy. And that's just the truth and we need to be honest with ourselves because we get lazy in a lot of things and there's not one thing in our life that we can be lazy about and expect to see improvement. 
right? We've tried, we've tried, right? You're gonna have to eat right and work out. I mean, exercise, whatever it is. You can't be lazy with your body and with your health and expect improvement. You can't be lazy with your business and keeping your books and working with employees and casting vision and expect to see improvement. You can't be lazy with your vehicle and not take care of it and expect it to run like it should run or could run. You can't be lazy with your yard. Let's just be real practical, right? You gotta water it, mow it, take care of it. And therefore, it leads us to the saying, you know, the grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence. And a lot of times the grass looks greener maritally, but let me say this, and I heard somebody say this, when the grass looks greener maritally on the uh, other side of the fence, it's time to water your own yard. There's something that you need to do that you're not doing any longer. You need to make sure that you're intentional with your time. It's time to water your own yard. And let me say it this way, because I know a lot of people, and as a pastor, I, I, I talk to a lot of people, and, and I, want you to, I want you to hear my heart here. I'm not trying to be insensitive or anyway. I know the pain's real, the hurt's real, and all kinds of things happen in life, but I know that there's a lot of times that marriages do end in divorce, and I, I had people sit down with me a lot of times and say, you know what, we just ran out of love. We just, I just don't love anymore. I ran out of love, and so we're gonna divorce, and I just wanna say this, and I hope you hear my heart, and I wish I could take credit for the quote. I can't, but I wanna share it, and it's this. To get divorced because you ran out of love is like selling your car because you ran out of gas. Should I read that one again? Because you missed it. Okay, all right, here we go. To get divorced because you ran out of love is like selling your car because you ran out of gas. Love is a choice. If your car runs out of gas, what do you do? You refill the tank. If your marriage runs out of love, what do you do? You refill the love tank, don't you? And we're gonna talk about that this morning. So take a look again at Genesis 2.24. I wanna go back to that word I told you to hold on to, that united right there. Let me read the scripture for you again. It says this, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and the two become one flesh. United, united. And when we look at that word united, we see it as a lot of times as a one time. Like at the altar, we were married and we entered into a covenant, we were united. And there is truth to that. But what I love about the Hebrew language is the Hebrew language is so like, uh, it paints pictures. It's hard, for, it's hard for there to be English words to translate from the Hebrew because it, it speaks to more than just a word. It's a, it's a picture, it's a phrase, it's a story. And so that's the case here as well. And so when we read that word united in the Hebrew, it's from the root word dabak, D-A-B-A-Q. It's in your live notes, dabak. United in Hebrew. And it literally means to cling to or adhere. There's the united part. But then look what also what it means in the Hebrew. To catch by pursuit, to pursue hard with affection and devotion. To pursue hard. And let's take a look at that same word and how it's translated in two different scriptures in the Bible. Take a look at Psalm 63, 8. We're going to look at that same word, united, or debak, and how it's translated. And, I, and I've picked the uh, Passion Translation, and it says this. With passion, I pursue and cling to you. With passion, I pursue. Uh, the Living Bible literally says it this way. I follow close behind you. Now, judges, we, use, we see the word united, and, which is translated debak, and the King James Version in Judges 20.45, it says they pursued hard after them. It's the same word pursued hard. Why is it that we have something special and we, when we pursued hard after each other, and why don't we have something special today? Is it because we're not pursuing hard after each other? It's, things change. Maybe we get lazy, maybe we take each other for granted, stop pursuing the one God gave us. The title of my message, therefore, today is Unbroken Pursuit. There's a great story that really illustrates this in the scripture. Many of you probably know it, but let me just share a little bit of it. And it's when Jacob was looking for his wife and 
he goes and, and finds a, a young lady, and her name is Rachel, and falls in love with her immediately. Jacob then goes to Rachel's father, Laban, and says, I am in love with Rachel, and I want to marry her. Can I marry her? And he said, first, you need to work for me for seven years. And I thought, oh, you can do that? Hmm, okay. <laughs> Share that with my daughters. And... Uh, <laughs> So Jacob's like, absolutely, I love her, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to work for her for seven years. In fact, the Bible says that it didn't seem like seven years. It seemed like just a couple days, kind of like our marriage, just a couple days. And so (laughs) my wife's the only one laughing. And uh, so so seven years is up. They're getting married, and all of a sudden Laban does the old switcheroo on uh, Jacob, and they have a, a kind of a cultural thing they do, and the oldest daughter uh, was, uh, his oldest daughter was unmarried, which was Leah. Leah was not, uh, Rachel was not the oldest, and so they're culturally supposed to get married first. So he did the switcheroo on him, and so um, J- Jacob realizes that it's not the one he wanted. It's not the one he asked for. In fact, when you look at this scripture, it's very funny. The Bible's very funny. Genesis 29, the Bible says, Leah, this is so funny how they write this, Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. How would you like to be Leah, right? <laughs> She's the weak-eyed one. And it's just so funny to me. In fact, I, I, I looked a little bit further on that. And the Hebrew, since we're talking about Hebrew words, and the Hebrew, what that means is Rachel was hot and Leah had a great personality. So that's just... <laughs> and so Jacob's like, no, that's, that's, that's not the one. Not the one I wanted to marry. And so Laban says, okay, I'll make you a deal. You worked seven years for me already in pursuit of Rachel. I'll give you Rachel now. And that's important because we think then he had to work another seven years and then get Rachel, but it's not that way. He was given Rachel right now. And he says, I'm gonna give you Rachel now, but you need to work another seven years for me. In other words, you pursued her up to this point in time and you got her and she's yours, but I'm gonna have you pursue another seven years. Because here's the problem with all of us, why this is such a beautiful story. We'll pursue something up until we get it and get the I do's maybe, and then we stop the pursuit. But the story is Jacob, for another seven years, pursued Rachel. It's a beautiful story about what we're talking about today, unbroken pursuit, a great illustration for us. Follow hard after. Now, I understand this, and and again, there's hurts and brokenness, and and I get all that, and and again, not belittling that. I know God can heal, and I believe today that he can do a work, but no one enters into the relationship with you know, intentions of in five years, hey, let's be married for five years and we'll go ahead and divorce and move on to somebody else or things end the way they end and for numbers of reasons, et cetera. We all start with good intentions is my point, but a lot of times our good intentions aren't converted to the right actions. And so three things I wanna look at that will help close the gap between intention and action. Three things today that will help close the gap between intention and action. And number one, I wanna say, when you think something good, say it. And I know this is gonna be so simple, but really it's gonna be something that will really change your marriage and will we'll find support in the scripture because the word works, amen? And like last week, and I hope everybody that was here last week or watched online, we're talking about releasing unforgiveness in our heart. I hope that we are, as we identified where some of that have come from, that we prayed for that person, we blessed that person, and we're looking for something to do good because that will release that. In the same way today, if you look at these principles from the word of God and apply them to your life, I believe that they will help bring healing in the places where you have hurt. So when you think something good, say it. 
When you think something that is encouraging, when you think something that's positive, something that's loving, special, affirmative, we're going to give life to it by saying it. Why would we even think about something good about our spouse and rob them the blessing of knowing what we're thinking? Keep it to ourselves. And when you think something good, say it. Set it free. Let them know. Hebrews 3.13 says this. But encourage one another when? Encourage one another when? Daily. As long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened. Listen to this. So none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Yeah, but my heart is hardened to them. Well, maybe if you'll go back and start saying something good every day. Come on. That heart will soften. And or... Maybe the way to keep your heart from hardening against your spouse is to make sure every day you find something encouraging and life-giving. You think something, you say it. You say it. How often? Daily. Every day. When do I start? Today. Now, generally speaking, men and women, we're wired different. We know that. And so let me speak to you individually as men and women. So first of all, men, let me say it this way. When you're speaking things daily, you think of something good, say it. Pursue her with words of affection. Pursue her with words of affection. Now, let me explain this for a little bit because, you know, affection can be words, right, men? Men are like, affection can be words? Yes, they can. Men's got this confused look on their face right now. Uh, so let me say it this way. Uh, view her, uh, pursue her with non-sexual affection. To which you're saying, is that possible? I don't know if there's that. Hang in there with me, men. Let me explain it. I know where, I know where you're at right now. So, hey, listen, if pursue her with words and, and non-sexual affection. That means you just got to find things that don't have a particular goal attached to your words. <laughs> can I say it that way? Because men can turn words into about leading to anything when it comes to that goal, right? <laughs> men can turn those words with a particular goal in mind. doesn't matter what they are. Uh, honey, will you unload the dishwasher? I'll unload your dishwasher. <laughs> Okay, I, yeah, my wife said, <laughs> where are you, man? I'm already in it. I'm keep going. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> I'm going to buy your lunch, my friend. But the reality is, there's another intent behind these words, and intentional, and it's important to share words of affection to build up every single day. And let me say it this way. Um, this is simple, men, really, honestly. You tell your bride, I love you, but not just I love you, because we do it all the time, and we know sometimes what that means or if it has any meaning or impact, but I want you to do something. I want you to tell them that you love them, and I want you to add the word because, and then fill in the blank. Fill in the blank with something genuine and different as often as you can, and do it over and over again. Now. My wife's right here on the front row, and I would tell Jessmy, I love you because you're my best friend. I love you because I'd rather spend time with you than anything. I love you because you've given up so much for Callie Camry and myself, some of your own hopes and dreams, so that we could do this. I love you because you're a strong leader. I love you because you're an encourager. I love you because of the way you love God. I love you because, 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 because of all the wonderful things that she does. That's. <laughs> so, man, it's so simple. Follow the yellow brick road and it will lead, it will lead you there. Words 
Pursue her with words of affection. Ladies, pursue him with words of affirmation. Men are wired differently. Men need to be affirmed. And even though we walk around with this air of self-confidence perhaps at times, we really are very, can be very insecure on the inside. And so we need words of affirmation. Inwardly, we can be insecure. When she picks apart what's wrong, it increases my insecurity. But when she builds me up, I tend to become more of what she speaks. When her words build me up, that affirmation, I tend to become more of what she wants. And one of the biggest complaints I hear as a pastor is this from the ladies. My husband is not a spiritual leader. I just want a spiritual leader. And let me say this. What you see as a spiritual leader may be completely different than what he will ever be as a spiritual leader. So we all have our picture of that, right? But that not, may not be the way that God had wired him or gifted him. And so he may not be the guy that has an hour-long devotion, Beth Moore devotion with you every morning over coffee. He may not be that guy. He may not be that guy that you know, prays with you for an hour every day or whatever that looks like. And, and you, you understand the Psalms and Proverbs every day that he, he writes and sends you this note. He, he may not be that guy, and we have our own picture of those things. But what you do need to do is celebrate the times that he is a spiritual leader. Celebrate the times. You, you, anything remotely spiritual, you celebrate it. Anything remotely spiritual, you celebrate it. If he says, let's go to church, that's being a spiritual leader, and you celebrate it. You may not want to go to church. You know what, honey, you're right. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get the kids up. We're going to get breakfast. I'll lay out everybody's clothes the night before. We're going to go to church together. He may say, let's help with this food distribution. He may say, let's give today in the offering. He may say, let's join a group. Let's get baptized. Let's go to the next steps class, growth track. That's spiritual leading, and you need to celebrate it no matter what you feel like. Celebrate those things. I want to, yeah, amen. So, and let me say it this way. If he prays once a year over the Thanksgiving meal, and it's terrible and embarrassing, you celebrate it still. (laughs) If he's just praying, Lord, bless this turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and rolls. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> Celebrate it. You pull him aside and you say, you know what, honey? That, I just felt closer to God when you prayed right there. <laughs> and then you say, you know what, honey? I just, therefore, I just, I just feel closer to you right now. And you whisper in his ear, can you unload the dishwasher? <laughs> I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh man, I need a drink or to douse myself with water. I'm just. He needs affirmation. He needs affirmation. Where was I? (laughs) I, uh, in all seriousness, I, um, every time after I stand up here and preach, I feel, hopefully, I leave it all on the stage. And as I'm wired, a lot of emotion and leave it out there. And I appreciate the people that uh, shake my hand and say, wow, great message, all that. I'm, I am thankful for that. And I know that everybody thinks that. And some, you know, like, well, I only come because of the worship, you know, or whatever. <laughs> That's okay, keep that to yourself. And uh, I, I get all that, I know. But you know, the thing for me 
that makes the biggest difference is when I look over at my wife, who knows me best and loves me most and says, good job. We just need to hear that, ladies, from the one who knows us best and loves us most, who believes in us the most. And, and here's the thing. I, I know there's sometimes like, I, there's, nothing, there's nothing they have, there's nothing that, I, I don't believe in anything that they do in, in both ways, men to women, women to men. I, I get that, and I understand that. But what I found is if you encourage what you like rather than pointing out what you don't like and pursue with words of affirmation or affection, we can make a lot of progress in our marriages. We can close the gap between intention and action. And so the first thing we do is you think of something good, we're gonna? When we think of something good, we're gonna? All right, number two, when we, whenever you think of something special, do it. Whenever you think of something special, do it. James 4, 17, pretty simple, but powerful, James 4, 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. Ouch! If you know something, something rises up in you, something good you should do for your spouse and you don't do it, you're in sin, the Bible says. That's pretty strong. So when we think of something special, we do it without hesitation as soon as we can. What have you thought about that you haven't done? And, 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 and men, let me help you, man. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Right? <laughs> Just trying to help you. Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. If you think about something, do it. If you think about coming home early from work one day, do it. If you think about dropping a coffee off at the office for them, her, him, whatever, do it. If you, if you think about taking lunch to them, if you think about sending them flowers, then do it. If you think about something special, then do it. Just start doing it. For my wife, it would be this. On the way home by our house, there's a Sonic. You know, a lot of you know, right? My wife has this addiction to Route 44, Diet Dr. Peppers at Sonic. So every day when I come home, almost every day, sometimes more than once a day, I'll stop and get a Sonic drink and earn major points, by the way. It's good. I've even forgot to do it, drove up, pulled up in the driveway and thought, oh my goodness, turned the car around and gone back to Sonic. And let me say this, when the best part is when my wife's at the office or with some of the other ladies doing things here in the office or working, and then I show up and give her a sonic drink in front of them, that's double points right there. <laughs> that's double points. However, I want you to know, all points evaporate at midnight and you start over the next day. <laughs> Trying to help you. When you think of something special, do it. If you think of something good, we're gonna say it. If you think of something special, we're gonna do it. And when you think of some, when you want something different, we're gonna be it. Because the challenges for us a lot of times is we will point at the other person and feel like they're the problem. I wish he was this. I wish she was this. I wish he was that. She was that. I wish he was more attentive. I wish she was more spontaneous. I wish he was more romantic. I wish she was less critical. And what I would encourage you to do the best you can is to stop complaining about what your spouse is not and let the Holy Spirit grow you into what you're supposed to be. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit grow you into what and who you are supposed to be. You can't change them, but you can change you. 
You become something different. Let God work on him. Let God work on her. You become something different. And let me say this to the men, and I can because I'm a man, and I'm your pastor. I feel I have the right. And I say this to the men. Men, please lead your families towards Jesus. Just lead your families toward Jesus. It's not as hard as you think it is. It's not as hard. Now, getting away from the, you know, the, 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 the spiritual leader, the devotional time, let me, let me talk about that for a moment again. I'm not talking about long Bible studies with her or them all week. I, I'm not talking about that. It could simply mean we are people that go to church and go to church, not when it works in your schedule, not when there's not a big game on. Be go-to-church people. Men, be go-to-church people and lead your families that way. I would say it this way too, men, get involved. Take your spouse, your family, get involved in a small group. Get your family serving at the church together. The Night of Shine was a great one. We got food distributions, we got kinds of, all kinds of activities. Just lead your family towards Jesus. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you'll take this, but this world is wicked and evil and there's demonic activity trying to take your marriage down and your family down. Oh, come on, Pastor, that's an overreaction. No, it's real. Whether you believe it or not, it's still real. There's a real enemy out there trying to steal your marriage and your family. You need to lead your family towards Jesus. Listen, small groups are not programs, just programs of the church. It's a necessity for spiritual survival. It's a necessity for marital survival. It's a necessity for family survival. You need a support system spiritually. Lead them to serve. Lead them as a family. You lead. And the amazing thing about how God made women is they multiply. Women are multipliers. When God brought Eve into Adam's life, it multiplied his ability to do what God had called him to do. How do I know that? I, spiritually, they're spiritual multipliers. The Bible says one can put a thousand to fly and two can put 10,000 to fly. Come on, ladies. Ladies are multipliers. So I would say this then, again, to the men. If you give them love, they'll multiply more than perhaps what you even feel you deserve. If you give them honor, they'll multiply that back unto you. If you give them kindness, they'll multiply that back into you. If you give them loyalty, they'll multiply that back into you. And if you give them hell, well, <laughs> you finish that. They're multipliers, God, God made them that way. God made them that way. If your marriage is struggling, I understand that. There is hope. And let me say this, if you don't like what you're getting, to the men, look at what you've been giving. This is very sobering. But if you don't like what you're getting, look at what you've been giving. There was a time that you had something special. There's some reason why you got married. What happens is that there was something that you were doing that you're not doing now. So close the gap between intention and action. So if you think of something good, we're gonna say it. If you think of something special, we're gonna do it. If you want something different, we're gonna be it. So to get what you once had, 
you must do what you once did. Revelation 2.5, last scripture. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Probably all of us could use with a little bit of repenting today, just to be quite honest. And then we go back to do what we did at the first. How, how was it that day when we pursued? Unbroken pursuit. Close the gap between intention and action. Say it, do it, be it, and it can change. It's God working in your life. And here's why I know that. Because I remember the day I gave my heart to Jesus. I remember what it was like. Save me. Deliver me. I can't take this anymore. I can't carry this. God, do a work in my life. And you remember that moment that you just gave your heart to Jesus and all the emotion of it all and how he saved you and rescued you and all things were passed away and how he picked you up out of the mire pit pit and set your foot upon a rock, how he gave you another chance of purpose and destiny. We would do anything for God. I love you. I will serve you all the days of my life. And then how sometimes things got in the way. And where are we at now sometimes? What's the Bible say? Then repent and go back to your first love. Really, maybe the starting point for us before we even get into the marriage part, it begins with us going back to that place with Jesus. Go back to that place with Jesus and allow him to work in you and through you to think of good things to say so you'll say it, to think of good things to do so you'll do it, and to help you become what he's created you to be so you can be it. He's a good and faithful God. I wanna take a moment and I just felt in my heart to pray over marriages today. But would you come on up here, honey? My wife, come up. If you'll come up and stand next to me right now. Such a great word this morning. I think for those of us that are married and even those that aren't um, married in this room today, it's a word that we can apply to our life. Um, we all have relationships that we could do better in. But I wanted to just say, um, to the ones that are here this morning that are married and um, their marriage isn't at a good place. I want you to know that we don't take that lightly. We pray for you. We believe in you. We know that the God that can change things can move and work in Amen. your life Amen. as well. Um, and we want you to know that um, God does have a great purpose and a great plan for your marriage. And um, it starts today. We're, gonna, we're going to... Um, just ask for his help to be the one to say it, to do it, and to be it. And also for those of you that are here this morning, or maybe you're watching online um, right now, or maybe you're watching online at another time, you know, and your, um, your loved one's in heaven. Your Valentine isn't here. We're praying for you. We're believing that God's love is going to step in the gap, and God is going to be the husband to the husbandless. Like the word says, you know, we don't take that for lightly. And we know that um, all of us have good days and bad days. We know all of us have good days that we're married and we have bad days that we're married. All of us has days that we don't like our spouse. I love him always, but there's many days that I don't like him. And I'll just say, I'll just tell, uh-uh, I don't like you today. 
Um, but he knows I will always love him. I love him forever, but there are days that we go through, let's be honest. There's days that I don't like like him and there are days that he doesn't like me. Um, probably more days that, that, he doesn't, that he doesn't like me. But I just say that to say, you know, we all have issues. We all have things that we're going through. Um, maybe you've been in a relationship where the marriage wasn't good and you've, you're divorced. Don't let the enemy, um, don't let the enemy go crazy in your mind saying that you could have done better, you should have done this, you should have done that. You know, that's in the past, we're gonna move forward Amen. today. Amen. And maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been married, um, but you're believing God for that person. You know, we're yeah. gonna stand in the gap with you, we're gonna stand Amen. with you and believe that God is going to provide the purpose one, don't give up, the perfect one, don't give up, don't settle, yeah. don't, don't find somebody just because you wanna get married. Um, God has the perfect person Amen. for you. Marriage is hard enough. Don't do it without him. Um, but Amen. let's just spend a moment and, and pray this morning. Can we, all, can we all stand? And if you're with your spouse, would you mind just holding hands? Whether you like them <laughs> or not today. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Yeah. And Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. Yeah. Father, because you know what? Without your presence, we're just fill in time. Without your presence, Father, nothing will change. So, Father, thank you that we can come into a place and we can worship and we can hear the word and your presence can be here and each and every one of us can hear something different out of the message, Father. Each and every one of us can hear what we're supposed to do. We can listen to what we're supposed to do, not what our spouse isn't doing or not what our friend isn't doing, Father. I thank you, Father, that we can hear your voice clearly and we can step out and do what you're calling us to do. So, Father, I thank you that your love is filling marriages. Yeah. Broken hearts are getting restored yeah. this morning. Jesus. Empty tanks are being filled yes. this morning, Father. I thank you that as we go out this week and today and this week and the months and the um, years to come, Father, we're reminded of this word, Father, that we need to say it. We need to do it and we need to be it, yes. Father, because it all starts with us. And you know what? You're the one that loved us first. And so if you sure. can love us and we can accept that, Father, then we need to do that and be that to other people. Yeah. And so, Father, I thank you so much that hearts are getting restored this yeah. morning. Yeah. To the women that are here this morning or the men that are here this morning and their valentine isn't here on this earth, Father, I thank you that you can pour into them yes. supernatural love, right. supernatural peace, supernatural yes. comfort, Father. I ask that you bring people across their paths that can give them hugs. Yeah, that's right. Some of us can forget, Father, when our loved one goes to heaven that we're not hugged anymore. So, Father, I thank you that People can come across their path and give them hugs and can yeah. speak encouraging words into their life, Father. Yeah. We thank you for what you're doing here in marriages. Father, we thank you. Those foundations, even though they're under attack, Father God, our hope is in you. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we hold on tightly because there's no other sure foundation that can be laid than that which is Christ. We shall not be moved, Father God. And those moments where we feel like things are crumbling or cracking around about us, we cry out, but the Lord, the Lord is still on the throne. The Lord is still has power. The Lord still works. The Lord still moves. The Lord protects. The Lord surrounds. The Lord is with us always. We thank you, Father God, for it. And for those, Father God, who are here believing to be married, they're not, but believing to, and that's the desire of their heart. We thank you, Father God, that you're working all things out for good. May they be building a foundation, Father God, for when that time comes, it is unshakable. 
And they're working on themselves, Father God. Lord, as we already said, Father God, becoming the person you would have them to become and then trusting you for the other. I thank you, Father God, that you encourage our hearts today. You are God and there is no other. And you are on the throne, so you have the last word. And so we look to you for everything. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Amen. God's good. Amen. He's good. He's faithful. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.